Welcome back to the Unbiased Fan Podcast. In today's episode, we are wrapping up everything week six in the NFL. What's wrong with the Green Bay Packers? Are the Giants and the Jets for real? And is the Mahomes-Allen rivalry the next Brady Manning? All that and plenty, plenty more. This is a jam-packed episode. It's going to be a good one. Don't go anywhere. Boy, what a time to be a sports fan, huh? Just think about it. Everything we're watching here, it's just awesome. I got to say, October, best month of the year. I'll take, come at me with your arguments. Tell me which month you think is better. I guarantee you, October is the best month of the year. I might be a little biased because my birthday's in October, but let's be real. October has it all. You're a baseball fan. Well, we got the playoffs. The best part of baseball happens in October. Well, what if you only watch football? Well, October football, you could argue, is the best version of football. You get the best quality. All the the early game struggles, early season struggles are gone. There's not a ton of injuries yet in October. You really get the best games in October. Basketball's coming back. Hockey's coming back. October has it all. It just does. And just a little plug here, this is going to be a very busy week here. I'm going to have a couple more podcasts, including some NBA stuff. My first ever NBA podcast is going to be dropping tomorrow, so look forward to that. But but man, October's great. It just is, and I think that was fully reflective in, in Sunday's game. All the games. They were awesome. I'm watching football all day, and they're great. I, I looked at the schedule for my local schedule. I had... Uh, I had Giants, Ravens, and Packers, Jets in the early games, and I'm like, eh, those games aren't going to be great. They'll just be fine. Watching football is always great, but those games were really good. I was finding myself swapping back between both games, trying not to miss stuff. Both those games were amazing. The afternoon game, we had Kansas City-Buffalo, which was just fan- utterly fantastic. We'll talk plenty about that game. Sunday night's game was great between Dallas and Philly. Football is just awesome. Football is just awesome. Yesterday was great. I watched football all day. I made homemade salsa. It was great. Everything about it was fantastic. So first thing I want to talk about here when we talk about all this great football is the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. These are, in my opinion, the two best teams in the league. Easy. Easy. I don't care that the Kansas City Chiefs have now lost two games this year. These are the two best teams in the league. You watch them play and they just, they are head and shoulders better than everyone else. And you watch this game. It was fantastic. It felt like a postseason game. This is week six. Games shouldn't be ramping up in intensity for at least a month. You don't really see in games build this kind of intensity intensity until like what? Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving. This was a postseason game. The crowd was intense. I kept, watching or or listening rather as the crowd is just going nuts on on like third downs for buffalo long third down plays for that buffalo has and i'm like damn this is this is what you'd expect in a postseason game every play every drive felt important it felt urgent it felt needed it felt intense it was awesome it was it was just awesome now buffalo won the game 24 to 20 Buffalo, best team in the league. They are. Now, before the season started, I thought Kansas City was the best team in the league. That's a team that I kind of predicted to be the best team. 
Um, I know the media really, really hyped up Buffalo. They really got on the Buffalo train early. Everyone was almost, it sounded like they were predicting them to go undefeated, which I think was just looking back as kind of asinine to give them that much hype. And they, they, uh, Buffalo backed it up. They proved it to me yesterday, Sunday afternoon. And and if you look at it, you say, well, how did they prove it to you when they, they keep winning, they keep looking good? The, how they proved it to me is that they won a close game on the road against the next best team in the NFL. Because if you look at Buffalo, and I know it's been talked about before, but it has to be said, Buffalo has not done well in close games with Josh Allen. They either win big, they blow teams out, or they lose a close game, or they could lose in a blowout, but generally it's lose a close game or they win by just a, a complete just ass kicking. And here, Buffalo went in, into Arrowhead, one of the absolute toughest places to play, probably the toughest place to play in the National League in a game that everyone's watching, everyone they know everyone's going to be talking about, and they won, and they won on a close game. They had a game-winning drive and a big turnover to seal the game. Buffalo special. Josh Allen is special. The, again, the, the knock on Josh Allen was before Sunday's game, he only had one game-winning drive. And so that's, that's a, it's, for me, it's kind of a, I'll believe it, you can win in the clutch when you show, like, prove it to me that you can do it. Once you prove it a couple times, then you know what? I'm all in. We've seen him do that twice against Buffalo and now against the Chiefs. They're the best team in the league. No ifs, ands, or buts. They're the best team. Now let's let's look at Buffalo here and talk about what I like. And we're we're not going to talk about Josh Allen right now because that's super obvious, super easy. We'll talk about Josh Allen later in the pod. I want to talk about the rest of Buffalo. I love that the Buffalo Bills is a big play team it's on on offense. I absolutely love that they're a big play team. Now they don't rely. On, on the big plays because you don't want to be a team that only relies on big plays because you're not going to win games in the postseason that way. But I love how easy this team can just get a big 40 yard, 50 yard, 60 yard touchdown seemingly out of nowhere. And it's fantastic. It just proves that Buffalo is never out of a game. They can always find their way back into a game with the way they can get the big plays. We know Josh Allen has just this ridiculously strong cannon of an arm, and he can drop the ball into either Diggs or Davis. Both of those guys are fantastic wide receivers. They both are huge, uh, deep threats, excellent route runners, excellent wide receivers just in general. Again, they don't rely on the big bombs, but they can get them pretty often enough that they are never out of a game. They're always going to be a threat. You feel like, even if you're up, let's say... 17 points at halftime. I'm not going in thinking, oh, we got this. Oh, this game's over. They could score. We saw it in the divisional round against the Chiefs. They can they can put points up in a hurry. I love that about Kansas about Buffalo. I also like that their offensive line seems to be good, seems to do a good job of keeping Josh Allen safe. Now they're not a perfect offensive line. They're not one of the best offensive lines in the league, but they're good enough. And Josh Allen kind of makes up for their their shortcomings by moving around in the pocket, being able to 
to run, to throw on the run, to extend plays, kind of like a Ben Roethlisberger kind of throwback player. But the offensive line is is definitely above average. It's good enough, given the rest of the the roster, to keep Josh Allen safe. But what I really, really like about this team, again, outside of Josh Allen, is the Bills' defense. Holy cow, this defense is is just just scary. They are so good. They're the top-scoring defense uh, in the league, I think, for most of the year. I don't know exactly how the stats wound up, but generally they're one of the very best teams when it comes to uh, not giving up points. And I will talk about Mahomes and how fun he was to watch play against this Bills defense. But the Bills played excellent, excellent defensive football. They put constant, consistent pressure on Mahomes. Constant. And even though Mahomes can work magic and be super fun to watch and avoid the hits, avoid the pressure, avoid getting sacked, avoid getting knocked down, extending plays, making stuff happen out of nowhere, pressure is still pressure. Sounds kind of corny. Sounds like something you'd see on like a really, really bad uh, uh, fortune cookie. Like pressure is pressure. It's like, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But it works when you think about it. You put pressure on the quarterback consistently. It's still pressure. Even if he can make something happen out of it, he has to work harder on it. It still works. And as we saw in this game, you keep constant pressure on the quarterback the defense eventually is going to get a big stop. They're going to get a big turnover, a big sack, a big just bat a ball down. Something's going to happen where it's finally going to pay dividends, and and we saw that. We absolutely saw that with Mahomes taking a sack. We saw the the game-ending uh, interception. All that happened because pressure was absolutely constant on Patrick Mahomes, and as great as he is, pressure is pressure. And it's going to get to any quarterback. No matter how great of a quarterback you are, pressure disrupts you. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. What's the blueprint for beating Tom Brady? Pressure. The Bills' defense can get pressure on the quarterback consistently, and they are just absolutely fantastic to watch in that aspect. This is a great team. I'll say that the Buffalo Bills' only weakness is they don't seem to run the ball well. I don't love that Josh Allen runs as much as he does. He seems to take some hits that I don't love. But this is the best team in football by far. Just absolutely best team. If I did power rankings, they'd be, there'd be number one, uh, no hesitation. And I want to hear if anybody wants to try and argue that someone else is better. I want to hear it because they proved it yesterday. All right, I do want to talk about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I want to get to that. That's going to be a great segment. But first, I really want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I really want to give them some respect and some like analysis on talking about the Chiefs. Kansas City is the second best team in the league. Period. Point blank. They are. They've played a very tough schedule. And despite a wonky, weird loss to Indy, They've looked good in just about every other game they've played. The offense is completely uh, is, is explosive still, even though they lost Tyreek Hill. The O-line has improved a ton despite the pressure that Patrick Mahomes had uh, on Sunday. The O-line is better. The defense is better. Kansas City obviously is going to miss Tyreek Hill because he's just such an explosive wide receiver that can make just the... Keep keep you in games with the with the long ball, kind of similar to what how Buffalo can always be in a game with the long ball. But 
Kansas City knew they had to pay Tyree Kill uh, a high salary, and they looked at it and they said, what What do we need more? Do we need Tyree Kill or do we need to protect Patrick Mahomes with a good offensive line? And, and they made the right call. They they did. If losing Tyree Kill means you get a, a significantly upgraded offensive line, you have to make that move. You have to make that trade. To me, to me, Patrick Mahomes with a clean pocket with time is the scariest thing in all of football. Absolutely the scariest thing because he can throw people open. He has a gigantic arm. He can just make so much happen that if you give him a clean pocket, he's going to just carve you up. He absolutely is. And again, I think they're the second best team in the league. I know they have two losses, but if you were to say, oh, oh man, but what about what about Philly? I think if you Kansas City and Philly played, Kansas City wins. I think they're the better team. I think right now. Now, now Philly next year could be even better as they get more time and development with Jalen Hurts. We'll talk about the Eagles in the last segment of this podcast. But to me, I'm watching this game. These are the two best teams in all of football. Every time I've watched the Chiefs, besides the, the indie game, which is just a weird game, everyone has bad games. They're the best team. They're, or sorry, they're the second best team. They just they play fantastic football. Uh, my opinions on both of these teams, whether they win or lost, are still going to be that they're the top two teams in the league. And I want to give Kansas City a lot of credit. They are an excellent team. They are very well coached. Patrick Mahomes is super fun to watch. The defense has improved. The offensive line has improved. Even though they don't have Tyree Kill, they still have good receivers that can just do so much um, that the loss of Tyree Kill isn't a a bad thing. So I want to give the Chiefs a a big, big shout out here. I know a lot of people are going to be dumping on them. They're the second best team in the league, and I would love to hear arguments against them. But for me, Bills won, Chiefs two. All right. Now... On to what I think everyone else is going to be talking about for the rest of the week. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Are the, Is this rivalry the next Tom Brady-Peyton Manning rivalry? That, that question, I don't think people realize just how big that question is, how big the Brady-Manning rivalry was. It was, it was the best rivalry of players I think the NFL had ever seen. Now, now for me, I started watching football close where I'm following every week, watching games every week, listening and watching, you know, NFL primetime and everything. I started that in the, the Patriots' first Super Bowl year. Tom Brady's first year as a starter was the first time I started watching football, like watching it close, watching every week. And I've never seen two quarterbacks be so consistently matched up with each other so consistently great as as Brady and Manning. So to ask someone, hey, the next Brady Manning, is that going to be Mahomes and Josh Allen? Kind of a big ask. You kind of think it's hyperbole. We're we're trying to like build this into like, are we really there yet? But but watching that game on Sunday, thinking back to the playoff game that they had thinking to how talented these guys are, how young they are. They're both, I think, 26 years old. Maybe, I think Mahomes might be 27. Josh Allen's 26. It is not hyperbole to say that this is the next Brady Manning. It's not. These are the two best quarterbacks in the league by a mile. 
These are two quarterbacks that you have to watch. You can't turn your eyes away from the TV. They are both on, as as of right now, very good teams, very good front offices. I know that that a lot of people have a hard time really trusting Buffalo because Buffalo was so bad for so long. But you look at what the Buffalo Bills have done since drafting Josh Allen. They're a very good team. They're a very good front office, just overall a very good organization. The Chiefs have just been a fantastic organization for a while now. They've always put together good teams. They just, before Mahomes, they weren't winning playoff games. That's obviously been fixed with Patrick Mahomes. So these two organizations are great which if you want to do a Brady-Manning rivalry, you have to have great organizations. The Patriots and the Colts were both fantastic rivalries. When Manning went to the Broncos, the Broncos are a good franchise. They just can never get their, they can never figure out their quarterback at all for some reason through the draft. But they're, you have to have good franchises. You have to have good coaches. Both these coaches for Kansas City and Buffalo are fantastic. It's there. We've already had one historic playoff game between them. They're both incredibly young. Like I said, you know, we're getting at least 10 years of this. This is the next great rivalry. I, I'm convinced there's nothing you can say that's going to make me think that this these guys are somehow going to fall off a cliff, that they're not going to be great, that it's just going to kind of fall apart. It, it's not going to happen. You watch those games and it was special. It was just special. I want to talk first about Josh Allen, and then I'll talk about Patrick Mahomes and kind of wrap everything up. I will say this. When the Buffalo Bills drafted Josh Allen, I think he was like the seventh overall pick. Me and my buddy, my work buddy, Eddie, way back in the day, we both were like, what are the Bills doing? This is not going to work. This is a classic Bills whiffing on a quarterback. We didn't see it. Josh Allen wasn't highly, he had to basically beg to go play at Wyoming. He didn't look like he played very good against other top teams at a college. I just didn't see it with Josh Allen. And the first couple years, I think like the first year and a half, you would see Josh Allen, you'd see little moments, but it was so inconsistent that, that it's kind of a shock if you were to go back to draft end or even after his rookie year, and say, well, Josh Allen's a, one of the two best quarterbacks in the league by a mile. Those two quarterbacks, Allen and Mahomes, are the best two quarterbacks in the league by, to use the old phrase, a country mile. Just so much better than everyone else. You say that on draft night or after his rookie year, you're going to get laughed at because nobody could have seen this happening. Nobody. And it's just, it's really special. It's really cool to see you. We know he has a giant arm. He's a big dude. He's competitive. But what he's been able to do now is understand the game. You're seeing him so much better at the line of scrimmage for calling audibles or reading defenses. You're seeing as he's in the pocket and the, he has to extend a play, he's pointing to receivers to move. Go here, go here, come back, go forward to to get them in position to throw. We saw on the, the game-winning uh, touchdown, that he threw against Kansas city. He threw the tight end open. He was pretty well covered and just threw him open for the touchdown. That's special. That's special throws. And then on top of that, the dude is just a freaking freight truck. I mean, do we, do we really need to talk about how he hurdled a defender? This is a, a six, five quarterback. That's hurdling people just jumping over them. Such 
disrespect to the defense where he's just running. And it, it's such a joy to watch him play. He is so good. He, we knew he, again, I've said this a whole bunch. We know he has the big arm, but what he's added is a is really good touch. We saw that on the big, every time he throws a big ball to Diggs, it feels like it just drops right at the perfect moment. Even though Diggs was covered just one-on-one, you have to throw the ball. It has to drop at the right angle. Otherwise, the receiver can get, or the corner can get it, or you're going to overthrow it or underthrow it or just miss him. He was fantastic. He just dropped it in there. He, he, just, he just flicked his wrist, and it just dropped in there. And it's like, you watch, and you're like, oh. Your first reaction might be, oh, that was easy. That looks super easy. And then you watch it again, and you're like, oh, my goodness. That was an incredibly difficult throw that he just made, and he made it look so easy. Josh Allen is special. He is a one-of-one. One. Uh, and uh, people might come at me and say, well, what about Ben Roethlisberger? He was a big dude. He had a cannon of an arm. Josh Allen just feels different. He feels 100% different than what Big Ben did. Big Ben's special player. Big Ben's going to the Hall of Fame. But Josh Allen just gets gets so much attention because he just feels so much. He just feels so good. He just feels like he's such a great player. Uh, Josh Allen's fantastic. I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes and kind of wrap this up. Is there... Is there a more fun quarterback to watch play than than Patrick Mahomes? And if there is, it's Josh Allen. Those are the only that's the only acceptable answer. But but to me, I'm watching Patrick Mahomes, and it's just it's almost comical the stuff he's able to do. Uh, I'm sitting downstairs watching the game with my dad next to me, and, and the way that Patrick Mahomes can extend a play, can scramble out of the pocket, back into the pocket, out of the pocket again to throw the ball, to just elude defenders, elude elude linebackers and linemen that are trying to sack him, all while keeping his eyes downfield to throw a guy open. It's just astounding. It is so fun to watch. There's so many times where he's just scrambling. Yesterday, he's scrambling in the pocket. He's got like the happy feet. They're kind of dancing a little bit, and he's... uh, Juking, diving, kind of like, not diving, but like spinning, just getting out of the way and then flicking the ball down the field and making something happen out of nothing that I, I turn to my dad. I'm, I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing at like, how is this possible? How can this quarterback just be in the pocket, have this pressure, dance around, keep his eyes downfield, flick the ball with su- just superb ease and make it look so effortless? It's it's not just that he makes it look easy. It's that he make it makes it look effortless. He is so fun to watch. He is so gifted. It's it's astounding. These two guys, they put on a show. You have to watch them play. You can't take your eyes off the game. You 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 just can't. I, I made the mistake. Uh, I watched watching the game yesterday upstairs. We're making uh, uh, nachos for dinner, and. I watched the it was the Chiefs' first touchdown. I think it was Juju Smith Schuster's touchdown, or Mahomes throws the ball to to Juju. He catches the ball, and there's three Bills corner or defensive backs right there to tackle him. And I turned to go check on dinner because we're cooking it in the kitchen. And my dad's like, oh, hey, 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 they scored. You can't turn away yet. They scored. Wait to the end of the play. I come back and Juju's sitting in the end zone after a touchdown. 
Like you can't keep your, you can't look away when these guys are on the field. It, it's, it's astounding. And, and, and watching Patrick Mahomes, the way he's able to change his arm angle to get the pass. So it's not deflected. It gets to the right spot is really impressive. The way that he's able to sidearm the ball is, I think it's, I don't think it's talked about enough. I think it's, it's underrated because I'm watching him scramble and like, and do like this, this sidearm throw and the ball zips out of his hand, just screaming out of his hand, makes it look like it's super easy. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well any quarterback should be able just to sidearm it. Right. And I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm thinking, I kind of do like a fake arm motion. I'm like, well, how hard would it be to, to sidearm it? Cause they show in slow motion, the exact arm angle that Patrick Mahomes has. And I kind of mimic it, try to mimic throwing it like that, throwing a football like that. And there's nothing in my hand, just doing the arm motion. And I'm like, man, if I were to go in the backyard and play catch and I were to try and throw balls with that arm angle, that ball is not one, it's not going very far. And two, it's going to careen over our fence into the neighbor's yard. Like it's just not like, like I'm not a great throw of the ball, but like the way that he just pops it out like that is, is astounding. These two guys are the future of the league. They just are. The NFL has struck gold again. They need to look at the schedule. And I know schedules are predetermined, but they need to do everything they can to make sure these two guys play every year in the regular season, just like Brady and Manning did. They played every single year. And the NFL needs to make sure that every single year, NBC or whoever has Sunday Night Football gets that game because if they want the game to continue to grow, they want to grow this into a rivalry that they can market. It needs to be on Sunday night. It needs to be on a game that every single fan has access to because I'm, I'm certain there are some people that like the, if you're living in LA, I can't verify this, but I'm just going to assume your CBS game was the Rams and Panthers. You didn't get to watch this game. It wasn't on your local market. They need to make sure that every single time they play, it's on prime time. So everybody can watch it. Preferably Sunday night, because everybody watches Sunday night football. They're just special. Every game's going to be great. And again, to go back and say this is the next Brady and Manning could be viewed as hyperbole, but let's if you look back and think back to the to the genesis of the Brady Manning rivalry in its really early formative years. It kind of lines up here with what they're doing. Both of these, they're the two best quarterbacks in the league, Brady Manning, Mahomes, Allen. They're in the same conference. They play each other a bunch. The winner of this game usually is having some impact on the, the Super Bowl. This is real. It's fantastic. As a sports fan, I'm so happy just to be watching this. I watched the game uh, yesterday and I was like, this is just fantastic. This is just makes me, it's, this just makes me happy to watch as a football fan because the football is so good. I don't have a dog in the race. I love both teams. I love both quarterbacks. Both franchises deserve like to win a Super Bowl. I'd love to see the chiefs win a Super Bowl. I'd love to see the bills win a Super Bowl. Like I'm just here for to watch great football and they need to play every single year. All right, let's move on to some other games here. I feel like I've talked about the, the Bills and Chiefs for a while. Justifiably so. They're the two best teams in the league. 
But I want to talk about some other games here. And first, I want to talk about the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Are these teams for real? As in, like, for real, for real? Well, let's talk. I want to talk first about the New York Giants. The New York Giants heading into this season, I, I didn't have very high expectations for. I, I looked at their roster and I'm like, man, this roster is just, it's not a good roster. It's not a good compilation of talent. And and you look at how they've been playing. They're heading into this week. They're four and one. And people are like, oh, the, the Giants, they could be the surprise team. They could be the team that comes out of nowhere. But you look at the wins and you, I felt like they were a fool's gold, like a, a really uh, a phony three and one team, three and one team. Because you look, they beat Tennessee. I think it was a last second field goal or missed field goal. I can't remember. Tennessee, they're not a good team. And, and I know they've been playing better, but especially week one, Tennessee was a bad team. They beat the uh, Carolina Panthers. Close game. Uh, Panthers might just be the worst team in the league. And they also beat the Bears, who are in the running for being one of the worst teams in the league. And you and they lose to Dallas, and they're three and one. And you're like, okay, yeah, they're three and one, but like any team should be three and one if they have a, a, a competent roster against that their opponents. That that is a very soft opening schedule. And then last week, we all know they go to London, they beat the Green Bay Packers, and I kind of I don't want to say overlooked it. Because I didn't, but I looked at the game and I'm like, how much of that game was the Giants being better? And how much of it is that fluky games happen in London? I don't like London games. I feel like it can just throw everything off. It, it disrupts the normal competitive balance that we see in the National Football League. So I, I didn't write it off as like, oh, the Giants aren't great. But I wasn't 100% sold with the Giants just yet simply because the game was in London. And then they played uh, yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. And now I got to look at them and it's like, you know what? Man, they're a legit team. The Giants are a legit team. They're a good team. They don't have a ton of talent on the team. I don't like Daniel Jones, their quarterback. I have, I have zero faith in the dude. I just don't think he's a great quarterback but they are so excellently well coached that they play incredibly hard, incredibly disciplined. Brian Dayball, the head coach is getting every single ounce, every drop of talent that he possibly can out of this roster. He just is. He, you, you watch them play. He's very animated. He's very emotional. He's a player's coach. He just, he gets this team up for games and they just they don't quit they just keep coming at you they play hard every single drive every single play they're not making dumb mistakes they're not doing things that are going to lose them games they're just they're competing every single play we saw how the defense was just harassing Lamar Jackson all game I, I know Lamar wasn't great last week he he missed a lot of throws that he's just the balls are just kind of sailing. Lamar's in this weird spot where he's surprisingly not being as accurate as I thought he would be. But you just you watch the Giants play, and it, you if you if I take away my knowledge of how the roster is constructed, who's on that team, I'm just looking at that team going, yeah, you know what? They're a good team. They're going to be in the playoffs. They just are. 
They're they're so fun to watch. They don't give up. They play hard for their coach. This is a legit team, and and they shouldn't be based on the the talent of that roster. But they're a fantastic team. Now, on to the other New York team. On to the Jets. Jets are a scary team, and when I say scary, I'm not meaning like they're scary that they're gonna make the Super Bowl. They're just scary on defense because of how physical and how gifted they are. They're four and two, which is way better than I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be like two and four at best. They have just this defense is terrifying. You you watch that game and, and it's they are a fantastic defense. It it's legit. They are also incredibly, incredibly well coached. Robert Sala is just a fantastic coach. He's emotional. He's he it's a place seems to be a player's coach. He has his guys playing super hard. They are not giving up. I'm sold on this dude. I'm sold. Now I want to say something about both of these New York teams. They they just play hard. And when I say they play hard, I mean they play hard. They don't give up. They don't quit. They are full throttle for a full 60 minutes. And I'm and for me. I, I could be wrong here, but for me, the number one sign that a team is is not only just well-coached. Like, if you want to sign for a team that's, what teams are really well-coached? What teams out there have great coaching? But not only just good coaching, but for a team that loves their coach, that will run a, through a brick wall for the coach and for each other, it's a team that doesn't give up a team that plays hard every single game, every drive, every play they're playing hard. And that's what both of these teams do. They don't quit. They, they believe in each other. They have a real sense of like brotherhood. They apparent, they seem to just love their coach. Like they just will, you know, the coach says jump. They say how high they run through a brick wall for the coach. Everything that they do, they just seem to be wanting to just give everything give everything they have for their head coach. And you don't see that super often in the, in the national football league. I will say for the jets, um, that defense is just as talented. There's a lot of really, really good players on that roster. You look just at the depth chart because the jets have been so bad for a while. That defense is good and they should be good because there's a lot of talent there. Unlike with the giants where the giants are playing really well. I don't feel like the talent's there. The jets on defense have a ton of talent. Now, on offense, I'm still uh, a little sheepish on on Zach Wilson. Um, I know the Packers' defense is really good, but Zach Wilson didn't impress me at all. I think he threw the ball 18 times for like a little over 100 yards. This is just spitball, and I haven't, don't have the stat sheet in front of me. But he didn't play very great. You you watch him play. He didn't make any throws that were like, oh, yep, we're there, but. The Jets' running game was excellent. They didn't quit. They kept going. They tried their hardest. And that's, again, a sign of good coaching. They blocked that punt for against the Packers. Special teams playing hard. Again, it's a sign of coaching, of great coaching. That's what I, my takeaway from the Giants and the Jets is great coaching. Those two guys, one of those two coaches should win coach of the year. It's probably going to be Brian Dayball because it's going to have a few more wins. And that team roster is just so bad. I think they won four games all of last year and they're five and one right now. Astounding, just astounding. Now onto the jets. 
again, moving to the Jets, they made Aaron Rodgers' life miserable. <laughs> you watch that game, and Rodgers is getting sacked. He's getting pressured. He's getting knocked down. They stifled the run game. Despite having a really bad offense, they just gutted out a win. This final score is 27-10, to 10, and it felt like if the Green Bay Packers can just get a couple big plays, they'll be right back in it, but the Jets' defense just didn't let Green Bay back into the game. Both those teams are excellent. They're very good teams. It's really exciting, actually, to see both of them playing really well. I, I want to move on here a little bit to the Packers. I don't want to harp on the Packers. Chad, if you're listening to this, I apologize. I'm not just wanting to shit on the Packers all the time. But last week in my my uh, Panic or Patience episode, I said the Green Bay Packers need to panic. Simply need to panic because... Their goal is to win a Super Bowl, and right now they don't look like a Super Bowl winning team, Super Bowl contender. They're going to make the playoffs. That's all the stuff I said last week. I felt like this week was a good chance for them to get on track, to, to play the Jets, who are a tough team, but they should they should win that game. And the Packers just, they they crapped the bed. They, they just did. There's no other way to say it. I'm not trying to say that the Packers lost the game more than the Jets won. The Jets deserve that one. They deserve the credit. But the Packers, that was just, that was such a bad game. They played terrible. Now, the defense for Green Bay played pretty well. Overall, you consider they took away the pass game. The Jets' defense was really having to grind out kind of every little thing they, they could get. But at the end of the game, the Packers' defense was getting tired, which happens fairly often. And that's where you saw some of those bigger run plays come in that led to touchdowns, that extended the game. The special teams gaffe is just terrible on the, for, for Green Bay. This loss for the Packers is all on the offense. Aaron Rodgers had no time to throw. His receivers looked washed and overmatched. And the offensive line, now, before the season started, I thought this offensive line was supposed to be really good. Everyone had been telling me this offensive line was a good offensive line. And so far, they haven't looked that great. The The O-line failed. They, the running game, which is what the Packers are seemingly good at this year, failed. Packers are not a good team. They're 3-3. Three and three. You look at their games, and what game have they impressed? They have it now for the Packers are super lucky because next week, even though they're on the road, they play the Washington commanders and the Washington commanders are probably one of the three or four worst teams in the league. I have a lot of commanders fans in my life. If one of you guys are listening to this episode, I apologize, but the commanders are not a good team, even though the Packers are going on the road. Nobody goes to FedEx field. The commanders have the worst home field attendance aside from maybe the chargers. Green Bay is notorious for being a very well traveling team. So they're going to have a home crowd, a home field advantage as far as the crowd goes. This is a make or break week for the Packers. They, they needed the commanders this week. They're very lucky. They have the commanders. This is your classic fix it game. The classic get it right game. The, the Packers not only need to win, but they need to win big to save their season. They need to win and, and have the chance to, to get their receivers on the right page, fix the offensive line, fix the running game. Now, Washington has a good defense, but this is a game that if, if Green Bay loses, it's really bad panic time. And if they, they win but don't look great, it's 
we're not going to feel any better about the Packers. The only way I could feel better about the Packers is if they go in and just kick Washington's ass. Now, speaking of teams that disappoint, man, this this is just a weird season, and I love it. There's so much parody right now, but we have a lot of teams that we all predicted would be good that just aren't showing it. We talked about the Packers earlier. I'm not going to rehash that, but like the Rams, the Niners, the Bucks, all those teams we thought were, were going to be going to be pretty good. And they've all been very, very disappointing. I want to talk about all real quick here. I know we're kind of going over on time. This is going to be a real quick rundown. Just want to get this at this out of the way. Those teams are disappointing and it's led to a very weird reception of like, who's the next best team in the NFC. It's none of those three teams. Oh, the Niners uh, are just ravaged by injuries. So they're the one that I feel actually the best about best about, because when the Niners are healthy, I think they're going to be uh, one of the top teams in the NFC, probably the second best team in the NFC behind Philly. But injuries, we have to see if they can come back. The other teams, the Rams and the Bucks, have serious issues. Now, I wasn't huge on the Rams this season. I thought they would like win 10 games, maybe 11, make the playoffs but would probably lose in the first round of the playoffs. I was pretty low on them simply because you you don't have Aldo Beckham Jr. You Andrew Whitworth, your left tackle is gone. I felt like the offense didn't have a ton going for him. I was I wanted to see what Allen Robinson could do at wide receiver before something happened before jumping to conclusions. Um and they lost their linebacker. His name just barely left me. They went to Buffalo. So you lose a lot of talent. Doesn't seem like you get a ton of talent back. I know Bobby Wagner came back, but Bobby Wagner is also kind of old. I just felt like the Rams were a very top-heavy team that have been very lucky with injury and, and health, and that this is kind of going to be a year where they take a step back. This is not a good team. I know they beat the Panthers, and they beat them by two scores, and that the one touchdown I think that the Panthers had was a pick six. But the Panthers are just an awful team. They're the worst team in the league. The Rams just, they need, they don't have any depth. They don't have a good running game. They don't have a good offensive line. They have one good wide receiver. And that's it. So just going to put that out there. Rams, I don't know. Still pretty low on the Rams. And then Tampa Bay. How do you, if you're a Tampa Bay Bucks, how do you lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Just how? The Pittsburgh Steelers. TJ Watt was out. Uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety was out. Like the the Steelers were very banged up, and then they they lost um, their starting quarterback. Mitch Trubisky had to go in. How do you lose that game? Like, like think about it. Think about how so many people are saying the Buccaneers are still going to be one of the best teams in the league. They play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just got their ass kicked by Buffalo, who everyone else agrees is a top team. It was what 34 to three or 38 to three, like just a complete ass kicking that Pittsburgh had. And then not only do you not win by a good margin, but you lose. Like, even if the the Buccaneers won and they won by like two points, you're not feeling great after that win. But the fact that you lost, something is wrong in Tampa Bay. Their defense is a really good defense still, and that's probably the only reason why they're gonna be remain as contenders is. Their, their defense is really good. I know their offensive line is backed up, but this, this offense should be better. 
It just it just should. I know the offensive line is hurt, but if you look at talent for receivers, tight ends, and running backs that can catch the ball, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably have the best. I'm not sure who would be second. Maybe you could say Buffalo or Kansas City, but definitely you look at Tampa when they're healthy, those receivers are are excellent. Tom Brady has the best weapons in the league. So how come he can't score a touchdown until like the very last drive of the game against a team that's not good? The Pittsburgh Steelers, a lot of people said were the worst team in the league with their two best defensive players out. Like how, how does that happen? What, what is going on? I, I am, I'm so perplexed at how poorly this team is. Tom Brady seems to have definitely taken a step backwards. I know he's getting the ball out quick, which is like his signature way to signature Brady move is getting the ball out super fast, which which keeps him not only healthy, but then also the ball moving. I think it's his greatest trait, one of his greatest traits. Something is wrong. Tom, we all saw Tom Brady just chewing out his offensive linemen to the point where he looked, didn't just look like mad, but looked like, like legitimately like furious. Something is wrong. I know he's got a lot going on with his divorce, but I think we're starting to see this cliff that Tom Brady's going to hit where he just doesn't look as good despite the talent that's around him. I'm not, I can't, I can't write off Tom Brady because he's, he's been elite. Not a, He's been a great quarterback ever since I've been watching football in the eighth grade. But it feels like this is the start of it. It, it really, really does. It, it just, it's, they're not a great team and they easily could be, could have a worse record than they currently do. All right, last on the list. I know this episode is going long. I'm trying to keep them to around 30 to 35 minutes. This episode's going long. I want to talk about the Sunday night game. I want to talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys. Man, that was a good game. Again, going back to my my point at the start, October is great. Football is great this year. Sunday had some great football. And, and I have to say right now, if I look at the Cowboys and, and the, the Eagles, they have to be considered two of the top three teams in the NFC. For me, they, they, they just do. Philly is undefeated. They can do so many things with the ball. They're really good with the, the RPO. Jalen Hurts is, is a good quarterback. They have a lot of talent. The defense is really scary. Now with Philly, they're great in the second quarter, and they get a lot of points there. The concern I have with Philly is what they do in the second half. The adjustments that this team makes and then can execute. I think their head coach is great. I don't worry about their, their head coaching. I think it's more of a limitation that Jalen Hurts is still, he's still evolving as a quarterback. Let's not, I'm not trying to say he sucks because he's a good quarterback. I think he's just evolving to learn how to adjust in the second half, especially as defenses adjust to him. We've seen that the Eagles just aren't a great second half team most of the time, but they're, they're great. They're the best team in the NFC. But but Dallas is no slouch. Now I had I, I had zero expectations for the Dallas Cowboys heading into the season. I felt like their team regressed. I don't think they made they were they'd gotten any better uh, as a roster. And I felt like the NFC, even though it was weak, it just kind of passed them by. That their window was shut. I had very low expectations, especially when you look at how the Sunday the first game of the year went against Tampa Bay. Dallas looked terrible. Then Dak gets hurt. Well, Dallas has found their roots. They found their winning formula since Dak's been gone. Great defense, solid running game that opens up the passing game. 
they do that, they stick to that, and they win. They win a lot of games. They're going to win more than they lose. And if if they can go to this formula and use the same roster, but with Dak making the throws instead of Cooper Rush, they're, the Cowboys are going to be legitimate contenders for the Super Bowl. And I don't like the Cowboys. I'm not trying to to root for them and, and sound like like I, I just they're not a team that I like. The Cowboys fans annoy me, but they're these they're a legit team. When Dak gets back, I think he's slated to come back next week against the Detroit Lions. If they can go to this kind of offense, but a little bit more Dak, a little bit more of his throws, his accuracy, and things like that, they're going to be a really tough team to play because this defense is scary. They they played excellent on Sunday night. I think both of these two teams are are, are going to be contenders in the NFC. I'd say that the San Francisco 49ers would be the third team once they're healthy, I just have too much faith in that defense. It is just uh, when healthy, it's just absolutely terrifying. But I want to give a shout out here to to Dallas and Philly. Um, I was thinking about it about who who the second best team in the NFC is currently, and right now I think it has to be Dallas, based on how they're playing in their health. I know the NFC's weak. Know the NFC's top, you know, kind of wonky with everything that's going on. But if you're a Cowboys fan, you went on the road to Philly, a super hostile environment with a backup quarterback. You fell down behind and you almost won the game. You need to take a deep breath for the Cowboys. Take a deep breath and go, okay, you know what? We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to get Dak back. We're going to make the adjustments we need. We're going to be better when we play him again at home. And then for Philly... They're just they just have to continue to evolve. Jalen Hurts has to continue to evolve to get better, better in the second half, better for adjustments. These two teams are are, are great. I think they're the two best teams in the NFC. And it was a great game to watch. Great, great way to wrap up a fantastic Sunday of football. And and that is going to wrap up our our uh podcast for today. Again, a really busy week. I'm gonna be uh dropping a NBA predictions podcast tomorrow when the NBA season actually starts. Super exciting that it starts a little bit early. And then another NFL podcast will probably drop on Thursday. So uh, please tell your friends, please like this, subscribe, follow all that good stuff. And I will catch you guys next time on the Unbiased Fan Podcast.